everybody. Welcome to episode 149 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Mr. Paul Robinson, and I'm very excited today. We have a very special guest yes. with a beautiful name. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul Racy, nice to see you this morning or wherever you are. Afternoon, we're in New York, so yeah. yeah. Ah, okay, you guys are New York time. Yeah, yeah. good old New York. So um, we had actually reviewed Sound of Metal mm-hmm. when it came out. I think mm-hmm. probably the next day because I was very excited for this film and, and wanted to talk about it. And so I've read up a little bit about the ins and outs of it, but I didn't want to read too much because I was hoping to get somebody from the film on here, and and luckily we did. And so um, what was uh, – uh, refresh my drink. What well, first your... of all, we loved the film. Yes. It, it was, was amazing. It was probably my favorite film of the entire year. Yeah, it was a really, Easily. really good film. I forgot the character's name, your character's name on it. Joe. Joe, okay. And so, uh, you know, we were watching we we're watching this film and we we tend to be kind of sensitive to these things because we've had like Eileen Gruba on to talk about um, uh, how having a, a disability, I'm air quoting, works in Hollywood and things that we didn't even know uh, that you weren't even allowed a lot of times to audition for roles that uh, would be for a character that actually has your disability, which is ironic. Um, and so there's this, the, you know, the constant obsession with names in films and wanting to uh, cast named actors. Mm-hmm. And the reality is most named actors aren't deaf or blind or have scoliosis or something. And so it becomes really, it's so difficult to be able to get people in the community into film. Um, and I just, I thought this, that what I really liked about the film was that it didn't um, portray his character as being sort of precious, I guess. There's always this like, oh, well, oh, this this poor person is deaf. And it's, especially when someone's born deaf, it's like, well, that's just life for them. I mean, that's not, you know, a, 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 as much of a disability, I guess. I can see how it's difficult losing your hearing through your life like he did and how traumatic that is. Um, but you have personal experience with with the community from your parents, I believe. Correct. Yeah. First of all, I mean, I'm not deaf. I'm uh, and actually, um, I don't consider myself to be a hearing person. I'm a CODA, child mm-hmm. of deaf adults. I grew up with deaf parents in Chicago. Uh, American Sign Language is my native tongue. That's the thing I learned to, to communicate with first. I learned English as a second language. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So to get to your point about uh, deaf people being portrayed in films, it's a very sensitive issue in the community because Historically, uh, when there's a, uh, a deaf role in a movie or a television series, somehow uh, Hollywood stupidly goes about casting a hearing person who has to learn sign language, and they portray a deaf person on screen, and it's not authentic. Mm-hmm. It looks right. terrible, and um, they're very upset about it because there are so many talented and wonderful deaf actors all across this country, all across the globe. I've met them from all over the world, but especially in this country, many, many young and old of all ages and of all degrees of deafness that are talented. Now, the role that I play, Joe, the uh, leader of this uh, deaf sober house, is a guy who is, we call, we call him late deafened. He's a guy that was uh, lived his whole adult life as a hearing person, 
loses his hearing as an adult and he's late deafened. Now that's, and so that parallels the experience that Ruben, the drummer is having in the movie. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that's all about music. He's a drummer. And then at a late age, his hearing goes. So those, there's a reason why the uh, director and writer Darius Martyr and his brother Abraham made those parallels so they would have a, a similar journey. Mm -hmm. Now, that's at the bottom rung of deaf culture. The, the, these guys aren't even included in deaf culture because they're basically hearing men who don't really sign, who don't have connection with the deaf community, who are still living with their uh, hearing family. Mm -hmm. Now, in my case, I'm about 73 now. Well, as a matter of fact, I am 73. <laughs> about. I served in Vietnam. Uh, oh, wow. Two tours uh, on, an, on an aircraft carrier, the USS Coral Sea. Now, that was in the 70s. All the, and I was a hospital corpsman. I worked on the flight deck. So while all these bombing missions were going off in those days, we had a whole slew of mechanics that worked that flight deck, uh, engineers that were on that flight deck, pilots. And now you fast forward to, to today, uh, most of those guys are deaf but they're not culturally deaf. Right. They don't have deaf friends. They still live in their families, but they're isolated and cut off from. So they thank God for closed captioning devices that you can text with mm -hmm. things like that, that we didn't have back in the seventies. Mm -hmm. right. So my experience with this is that after being in that flight deck, I developed a little bit of tinnitus in my ears. And then, uh, well, especially my right ear, my left ear is okay. My right ear, and then I started playing rock and roll and I got back. I was in these heavy metal bands. That's the real killer. Yeah, That's oh yeah. the thing that we never had uh, hearing um, these, these cute little things you put in your ears to protect yeah. your ears. These, uh, this is eargasms. I'm not giving it a plug, but eargasms are, are really good uh, protection for your ears. That didn't come along until the 80s. So imagine banging away at my ears. When I got back from Vietnam, I went to see Queen. I went to see all these heavy metal bands and I got my head right down the speakers, you know? Yeah. So it's important. The number one uh, disability of all of our veterans of all foreign wars, including our country and any country around the world ever since the civil war is hearing loss. So, yeah. So that'll just give you an idea of this is a population that uh, it's really ignored by everybody, including the deaf community, because they're hearing people mm -hmm. and they don't sign. Now, Joe has learned to sign because he dives into the, hear the uh, deaf community head first because he's an addict. And that's what addicts do. Mm -hmm. They go from one addiction to another. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's a certain example of that. What I've I've learned a lot about, you know, the just how technology still has a, a bit of a ways to go. I I started volunteering with the with the app Be My Eyes. Uh, for the for the blind community, and it's um, I've spoken to people that you know just on calls randomly and and had discussions and been so surprised how difficult it is to do day to day things, uh, how difficult the technology is just to find an email. I had one man trying to show me I have to click here and go here and do this, but I can't find this or that, and I'm thinking Jesus. And he actually had a podcast himself, and I thought this is so. This has got to be so frustrating to try to edit an episode of something if it takes you the better part of a day just to open a file because of the way the audio works on these things. Um, but I, um, I really, uh, as I said before, I just really enjoyed the fact that 
it touched on so many things, especially like the cochlear implants, because I've watched a lot of these videos and I've, I know that the community is quite split on it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I always wondered what that actually sounded like. And, you know, cause it, for, for a hearing person, it's like, oh, great. You, you know, you get an implant and suddenly you can hear, but what is that like? And so then when they were going through that scenes where the scenes where it's really muffled and almost like this echoey kind of thing, um, I found in the, as the audience member, I was annoyed by it. And this wasn't even in my ear. And I thought, this is so annoying. I'd rather just go back to him signing. And, you know, because like this sound is atrocious and uh, not at all like hearing. And so I, I really loved the ending of that where he sort of, he learns to kind of come to terms with mm learning how to live with this and that it isn't necessarily something to fix. Uh, what is, uh, what has your experience been with, with that? Well, with that, you know, there's, it used to be a very staunch, the community used to be kind of against the idea when it first came out, but you know, it's turned into a personal choice. It's mm -hmm. everything is a, is a personal journey and a personal choice. And now the community has come full circle with it it has since turned into, instead of using the term hearing impaired, the deaf community doesn't use that term anymore. We're not impaired, they say. Mm -hmm. We're whole, perfect, and complete just as we are. So what was genius about what Darius did with the script is he did 14 years of vetting and research on what oh, he was wow. writing about. And he started to find out, and I'll give you an example. My own experience has been growing up in the 50s and 60s in Chicago my mother and father feeling isolated and oppressed. I, then I move out to Los Angeles in 1989 and I meet a man named Ed Waterstreet, who's a very visionary deaf actor who uh, founded Deaf West Theater. I started meeting actors, deaf actors, who said, uh, we're not, I'm not impaired, call me deaf, just call me what I am. Mm. I'm perfect just as God made me. So there's that attitude that's a, an empowering or empowered attitude that deaf people have today that I wish my mother and father had experienced. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the difference. And then, so in between those two worlds is, uh, well, if you want to fix it, go right ahead. The problem is that some deaf advocates think that putting a cochlear implant into a little child's head is almost abusive uh, to them. Uh, certainly not to the parents and not to who's ever, who's ever having the experience, but that hearing thing, when, when we saw the movie in Toronto, my wife, who has no hearing in her left ear and about 30% in her right ear, she started crying during the movie. She said, that's my life. That's how it sounds to me. Oh, mm -hmm. really? And uh, she thought it was quite accurate. Uh, but the cochlear implant sound, that's actually why the movie's called Sound of Metal. I see online a lot. Where's the metal in the, where's the metal music in this movie? <laughs> Dude, if you hang around, you'll see that the sound the metal Darius and Abraham are talking about is that sound of that crushing metal that's in his head, that mm -hmm. tinny echoey sound that doesn't sound like uh, what it used to sound like. Yeah. Which of course then goes to the main driving force behind this whole movie is, you know, you always, we're all trying to fix something. We all want to get back to the old way it used to be with my old girlfriend or my old life or my old job, my hearing. And it, you know what? It's never going to be the same. Once you lose something, you can go back to it, but it won't quite be the same. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's what Joe is trying to tell Ruben is 
we got to fix this. Right. I'll save you a lot of heartache if you leave this alone. And many, I would say the majority of people that lose their hearing don't want to hear that mm -hmm. and don't go that way. Mm -hmm. They're going to try and fix it. But Joe, as I said, he's an addict. He dives into the program, becomes all, he becomes a supporter of deaf people and sets up a deaf sober house, which is a brilliant idea because most of the addicts, deaf addicts that if I've had the shadow or go through a program with as an interpreter, signing for them while they're making their commitments, uh, they, they set themselves up for failure because they're dealing with hearing people. Right. Mm. In a deaf sober house, we're all deaf. Everybody signs. We're all on the same footing so that you can go back out into the community and be productive rather than missing half the shit that's going on in your program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're getting any, everything through an interpreter secondhand, you know. Yeah. Right. Plus the frustration of what you're going through on top of trying to kind of overcome those other issues that you're dealing with and on the face of it, you know? So it's like, exactly. it's like a double whammy, exactly. well, you know? Yeah. You're trying to, you're trying to get to the, what you're here for. And yet you've got these obstacles on yeah. top of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And his, I, I felt like your character also had, um, it, it was such a twist for him because he had this, this, affection for for Ruben but he also had a responsibility for everybody else in the house so that scene when he gets oh uh, you know and you had to kind of just like let him down in that way you know and it was I didn't think that was going to happen because I was expecting the very Hollywood you know like oh he's gonna yeah. and when One he was more like chance. yeah when he was like <laughs> yeah. no that's it because my responsibility is to the people in this house it was like oh crap like he's really sending him off and like he's gonna have to but it was the best thing that the character could mm -hmm. have done for him because because he had to come to terms with everything. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask what... Tough love almost. Yeah, because yeah. you've, you've been acting for many years, and I wanted to ask what the casting process was like uh, getting that part. Uh, yeah, well, the movie came out... I mean, the uh, the script came out in the, in the uh, size, uh, the breakdown services, you know, as they usually do, and my agent showed it to me. And uh, so I just um, got the scene, got my acting partner together out here that I work with, Put it on tape and then sent it in, and then I took the script and I shit canned it because you know, <laughs> I just threw it away. Because that's how I treat all my auditions. I've been doing this for almost forty years now. Wow. Okay. Uh, been out in Hollywood a long time. I done a lot of theater acting, ninety nine seat houses. I'm a, I'm actually a stage actor. That's mm -hmm. what I've done. That's my bread and butter, so to speak. Uh, a couple of one liners in movies. Never got a big media role into this thing. And so that, that really, in essence, is the story of my life. They're always going with a name, somebody they know, somebody blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like I said, I threw the script in the garbage because I knew they would say that, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, she begged them to look at it. Ten minutes later, they called back and said, oh, we're going to send this to the... ...about uh, this role. They're going to send it to who? Sorry. To Darius Martyr. The oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then he called me, and then uh, the rest is kind of history, you know. That's cr that's, that's crazy that that's kind of the first larger role that you've had because I would have thought that you. It was interesting because <laughs> we watched the you know we watched the film, and we're we're big fans of both Olivia Cook and Riz uh, Riz Ahmed. Like we've watched their stuff, and and they're great actors, but. Mm -hmm. I had never seen you before. And I thought, oh, this is awesome. Like, the, I've never seen this actor before, and he's so good. And so then I right away went on IMDb, and I was like, is this like the first big thing that this 
you know, in terms of dialogue, I was like, that's insane because it was, you came off so naturally. And, and I love, I love when I see, uh, known actors with unknown actors in, in bigger productions like this, because I actually get distracted when there's just like too many people, too many familiar faces, you start to lose the story. Mm. And I love finding new actors. I love wanting to now follow well, new this. to you. Yeah, to, to, yeah, to <laughs> me, uh, you know, finding this actor and, and wanting to see everything that they're in now because I'll, for, I'll forever think of you as, well, I'll think of Sound of Metal every time, you know, mm. I see you because that was the first time I had seen you in something. And, and um, that I just... It's such a, a perfect example of of giving those those actors an opportunity, and there's such a this misconception that that uh, popularity is what makes you seasoned as an actor. Just, you know, acting is acting, regardless of whether you've been on a big screen or not. And you know, enter your character where I was wondering, well, how many films did I miss with this actor in it, and you know, boom, it's like, yeah. it's like, why, why do we do this all the time? And, um, I know I had seen some, some people were upset with the fact that Riz Ahmed had been cast. Um, but I wonder how you feel about that because for well, me, you're going to get that with anybody's cast in anything. Yeah, you ever. get that with anything, but I, I, I understand it. I understand that, uh, more when it comes to, uh, uh, disabled actors. So, you know, to use Back of, lack of a oh, better I term. See what you're saying. Do you yeah, know what okay. I mean? But um, I think it's it was important that his character he was a drummer, so we you needed somebody who was able to hear and and watch that transition of them losing their hearing. Um, I thought he did great. You know, I was he, he, I was so anxious watching that in that moment, yeah. and I thought, God, that has got to be such a frightening thing when you realize that this isn't just like, cause I get, I get tinnitus in my ear because I was one of those people that stood in front of the cabinet speakers at the shows with nothing in my ear in the nineties yeah. and <laughs> was like, yeah. Oh, I'm 16 or 15 and who cares? And now at 41, I'm like, man, I really wish I had put something in my ears. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, I've had moments where sometimes the tinnitus comes out of nowhere and it's, actually deafening for several seconds, sometimes up to 20 seconds. I can't hear anything but that high pitch. And I can't imagine that not stopping and what that does to you mentally, you know, and, and what that character goes through. Your parents, um, were they both, uh, your, your mother had, she, she was able to hear, I believe, right in the beginning of her life or? Well, yeah, she was deafened from spinal meningitis at the age of five. Okay. Oh, wow. So she already had acquired language. She was speaking. Ah, okay. And then she had a fever. My father was deafened at the age of six months. So he didn't really remember right. hearing anything. But my mother mm -hmm. did. So there's, it's two different kind of deaf people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother still remembered music. My father never did. So uh, it's w when you have that taken away from you, it's uh, frightening. Uh, it, and... Um, there is that sense of loss. So my mother never lost that, that feeling of uh, remembering music and just being cut off from pop culture. That's why she, she sent me to see the Beatles. She bought my first Beatles concert ticket. She bought my first guitar. She was always encouraging me. Um, 
and yeah, so that it, like I, as I said, there's so much different levels of hearing loss in the community that it's mind-boggling. The deaf community is certainly not a monolith. There's so many different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even that, if I can say, there's that kind of elitism within deaf culture. Mm-hmm. When my father first met my mother, they fell in love. Um, people on my father's side of the family were saying, you're marrying this woman who can speak and read lips. She's, oh. not, deaf en- she's not deaf enough for you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And my mother's side of the family, looking at him like some kind of freak, and they'd say, he's too deaf for you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're too deaf, you're not deaf enough. Yeah. These guys that are hearing people that have lost their hearing later in life, they're not deaf at all. Deaf people can't communicate with them. So there's all this, and I call it elitism, Mm-hmm. I've, I've experienced it in black culture too with the black friends that I grew up with in Chicago. You know, uh, you're not black enough for me. You're too black, all this kind of thing. I think I, I can't speak for every culture, but my experience has been that I've noticed it mm-hmm. in the cultures that I've, that I've uh, intersected with as I've gone on my journey. Yeah, I would imagine that that's, I mean, because that's our nature as, as people, unfortunately. A lot of yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so any 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 anything down to being deaf or the color of your skin to like what you do for a living, you know. Right. And so I how much you make, yeah, where uh, you live. It's unfortunate, yeah. like that's the yeah, dark absolutely. side of our humanity, yeah. which is and yeah. which is if I can make a point about the deaf community, uh, they they liked watching this depiction of deaf people in a deaf sober house because it's never been shown before. Right. So they're like. Thank you for showing us as people have the same struggles as you do. Mm-hmm. We have weaknesses. We have strengths. Anything you want to experience in a culture, including racism or including spirituality or whatever, we, they have the same thing in the deaf community. Mm-hmm. And they always say, we're just like you, we, except for one thing. Yep. We can't hear. We yeah. still got to pay bills and, you know. Still yeah. gotta, you know. You're still yeah. on a journey. Yes. Yeah. 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 And the, the, I, I really enjoyed the scene of everyone at the table that first time that he makes it downstairs and, you know, being able to hear the scene that there's, there is noise, but it's, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's like such a, like catch 22 kind of, cause you're like, you're in it sort of as a hearing person, you're hearing the sounds that they're making if somebody slams their hand on a table, but that's, that is a that is a feeling for whoever is at that table who feels the hand slam down, but they're not hearing it, or maybe they hear it sort of muffled the way he might at, at some point. Um, and I thought that that scene was was it was it was such a turning point where I think at one side of him it's it was a holy shit moment, right? This is this is way too much. I don't understand anything that anybody's saying here. And then there's also having it be um, his side of it in that maybe he can actually because all these people are successfully having a conversation with one another and maybe I can do this as well but you know he's also fighting himself in that way and um we're all we're all the actors in the sober house deaf yeah all the deaf ensemble are they're all deaf uh, and all different degrees of deafness mm-hmm. and ages mm-hmm. so they were all deaf and that scene was so much fun to do because when I knew what Darius was doing when he was filming it he uh but I didn't know he was going to do that with the sound design, but we wanted to show him what it's like to grow up in a deaf house. And that's the way I grew up. If you want the salt. Yeah. <laughs> you want this, you're going to, you're going to starve to death if you don't 
pound on the table. Yeah. Or somebody accidentally knocks their water over, you know, that actually happened in the scene. We were laughing our butts off because <laughs> uh, it was so real. And we were just eating, you know, I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what was that like on set then communicating with everybody and for the director and, you know, DPs and, and, you know, how, how was the communication on set? Well, for me, it was like being at home. I, I had, for me, it was totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> for everybody else, it was a learning curve and we had professional sign language interpreters on set. So they were used to, uh, doing that uh, scene. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I think that's, and I think that's like the biggest I- I issue with, with re- proper representation of, of it being deaf or blind or whatever is that people direct, be it the directors or the producers or whoever it is, feel that there's just going to mm. be this, this, um, this, uh, it's going to take, exponentially longer because then you have to kind of relay information in one way or the other or whatever like that. But, you know, I always think back to like, well, <clears throat> yeah, it's obviously going to cost more money, but so is this specific location you wanted. You could have shot here, but you had to shoot here because this location was perfect. So I don't know. I kind of like, I don't really kind of like accept that as an excuse because everything that happens in that film has, has to go through that same process. Is it worth it? Like, is what is this going to add to the film or take away from the film or whatever? But, you know, it's like, uh, what was it? A Quiet Place, I think. The One of the daughters was Yeah, deaf, the daughter's deaf. So I everyone mean, had to learn ASL, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, and I feel like films like this are just one small step towards creating that kind of place where, you know, this actor, this character in this film is deaf, so let's cast deaf, and that's just how it is because that's 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 what you do. I still, unfortunately, think we're kind of far away from that. Yeah. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm optimistic that a films like this can kind of break down a lot of those barriers. Well, that's it. Because, uh, for example, and I work at Deaf West Theater. You know, when I do regular theater with a hearing cast and hearing audience, you know, you rehearse for three or four weeks. So when you go to Deaf West Theater, the rehearsal process when you're working with deaf actors going to take six or eight weeks Mm. it just takes time to break down the script to translate it from english to american sign language then you've got your communication all these things going on same thing in movies it's going to take a little bit more time and patience and i remember there was a tv show and i'm not going to say the name of it but uh, there was a tv show recently that had a lot of deaf characters in it and um uh, there was, we were trying to get some deaf writers on that show at some point. Well, when they found out that the deaf writers were going to require sign language interpreters to be present at all the writing meetings, the budget was going to be, it was too much for them. So they decided not to hire a deaf writer. Well, that's, but that's a reality. Right. It's a reality in any, and depending on how big or small your budget is, you're going to have to hire some uh, sign language interpreters for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That's a financial concern. That's too bad, but if you want to start uh, writing uh, authentic roles or having some authentic portrayals, it's just going to take a little bit more money. Yeah, uh, but, so, the, but then you look at fortunately I've seen that. Yeah, but then you look at how much money is wasted on any given film anyway for any Random myriad of things, reasons. Yeah. You know, it just it makes it just I don't know. 
it, it I've always wondered why ASL wasn't taught in schools. Uh, at least basic things. I mean, I have because I learned app. Spanish in school, and I've never used that. But I certainly have been in positions where I can use <laughs> ASL. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I have the I have like one of the many apps that they have, and yeah. so I know the alphabet. I can say my name, basic things, uh, you know. But it's not, you know, I'm, I'm not fluent by any means. But I don't understand why, at the very least, we're not in schools teaching the alphabet, how to say hello, goodbye, can I help you? This is my name, or you know, I am hearing, are you hearing, you know, just to be able to sort mm -hmm. of ease that in instead of having to write everything on a piece of paper. And, um, I just, I don't, I don't get that. I don't mm -hmm. get of all the things that, that, you know, have been taught. I was never taught sign language. Yeah. And I really feel like that should be, it should be a, you know, a requirement. Well, it would be nice. Uh, it is taught at the college level now, and you can take it as a required language. That would have been great because, uh, I had to take Spanish, uh, in college and in high school, and I was horrible at it. Head of playing American <laughs> Sign Language, I'd have aced that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it should be. Uh, it's It seems more practical. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but there is more than one sign language. There's American Sign Language, there's Spanish Sign Language, mm -hmm. Polish, Russian, yeah. Hong Kong, Asian. I mean, there's all kinds of different sign languages, so they don't Somebody always says to me, "How come it's not universal?" Well, dude, how come it's not? Yeah, universal? right. Speaking's not universal. You twat. You know, yeah. everybody. Yeah, Mom. yeah, yeah. Let's start using our thinking caps, children. Yeah, that's Seriously. a hard one for us sometimes. We yeah, we don't yeah. think we don't think so good, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. America. Yeah, I don't think so good sometimes. Yeah. Myself, so I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I I I think. Uh, you know, just overall, I, we we really wanted to just have you on the show because I I thought, as much as as much as I love Riz, your character actually stood out the yeah. most to me. Yeah, like uh, it yeah, was the, sure. the character that stayed with me. For me, the it's, most. Yeah, for me, it's like there's a lot of brilliant actors out in the world, obviously, but there's just something about an actor that can just be, you know, and just be in that moment and be in that space and not. I don't I don't want to see them acting. You know, and and it's just like this naturalness of of just being in this space that you exist are existing in, that kind of like really like speak to me when I see actors do that, and they can just sit in a chair and listen, and they're not trying to act and you know what I mean. They're just being natural, and and um, you kind of just owned that space in in the film, and it was like really 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 yeah. well done. No, that's my motto: no acting. Yeah. <laughs> no acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be. yeah. I appreciate that comment because that's that's the highest compliment you could probably pay any actor. Uh, that you that you just get lost uh, in in that moment. And that is what acting is. It's not acting, it's listening mm -hmm. and reacting. It's yeah. simple. God, it's not that difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Listen and then react. That's that's the truth of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that the Joe's character definitely as soon as as soon as the character was on screen, I was like, I've met this person. Mm -hmm. Like I know I've met this person before, the way that you were playing the character. And I actually for a second thought, did they just get somebody from a deaf substance abuse house to like play this <laughs> yeah. character that's just nailing it because it was so natural Does this and person I, know there's a camera in there <laughs> yeah. yeah but no you see it a lot you, even from really good seasoned actors, certain performances you could see that they're not comfortable in that position and and it 
feel them acting, you see them acting. And uh, I felt that Joe's character was not only brilliantly Joe played, but yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. Uh, that it was not only brilliantly played, but um, for uh, um, the director, uh, was it Dennis? What's the director's name? I forgot. The director's name? Darius Martin. Darius. Darius yeah. Uh, yeah Darius. Uh, that that just um, having that character in there was so important, and and um, I just I just enjoyed everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. I just enjoyed everything about this film, and I saw the trailer, and uh, I was afraid it would give too much away because so many do now. You watch a trailer, and it's like oh, I've seen that movie. I don't even need to watch it anymore. Yeah. Um, but you know, seeing that, being able to see that trailer, I knew I was going to be really interested in it, and I I didn't feel like what the trailer portrayed was what I got, but not in a bad way. Usually, it's you know I know what this whole movie is about. It was it was totally different. Um, I didn't expect your character's side of it. You know, I thought they were just going to follow him losing his hearing and just have him be destructive, and that that would be it. Um, but you know, being able to loop back around and and have the cochlear implant and I I love the the and, and I'm sure this probably happens a lot, not just in when somebody's going through what Riz's character goes through, but everything. It's, it's just this this moment when he he gets the implants. And he's like, why does it sound like this? Why does yeah. it sound like garbage? And like, yeah. you you sat there and watched the scene where they explained exactly what it's going to sound like. But he's just so, just got tunnel this vision, tunnel yeah. vision of like, I want these things so I can hear again and we can go play and play in my band and everything. But that moment when he didn't, that he had this done and he went through the whole process of this, of uh, 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 being explained what's going to happen, going through the procedure, and he still didn't get because he's just so tunnel visioned about it all just i don't know there was something about that moment that kind of really stuck stuck out to me of somebody going through something like that where they're just especially somebody that's probably dealing with addiction where they're just so focused on the one thing they're just you know hard-lined into that that one thing and it was just i don't know it was a great kind of like conceptual uh, moment that kind of really stuck out to me yeah that's uh, so that that is the point he's an addict He's been clean four years from heroin, and that's what addicts do. And that's what Joe tells him. You, you look and you sound like an addict. He was focusing on what he thought it would sound like and what mm-hmm. the end result would be. And anytime you do that, you you are setting yourself up for some kind of failure. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, a, that was a heartbreaking scene to watch, though, because I was like, oh, this is not going to turn out. Because even yeah. as the audience, you're like, oh, is he going to be able to hear well? Or yeah. we didn't know what to expect. And then when you realize, oh, my God, this is what, how is this better? And then all the money, he sold everything and all the money that he put into is, and that's it, you know, to just think that, well, now I have this implant and I'm just not going to use it. <laughs> and yeah. wow. And then circling back to when you had said wanting an old girlfriend and an old boyfriend or whatever you have. It was like, he just wanted his hearing so that he could go back to this life with this girl that wasn't really healthy to begin with, but that was irrelevant in that moment because they were all connected. He connected his hearing with having that life and having his being a drummer and um, going back to that. And uh, yeah, that moment in the bed when that, that when that happens, when you can see it where it's just like, Oh, okay. He recognizes that she's kind of like not into it anymore. Or yeah. Whatever. It's just. It's devastating. Yeah. yeah. It's a powerful it. moment. Yeah. Well, I read it in the script. I thought it was devastating. But then when you see it portrayed 
it really hits you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What, he, what does he say? He says, uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, but, but at the same time, it's like, you're entitled to that, right? She's entitled to say, I don't want to do this anymore. And, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah. happy, but you know, you have two people clashing that have this connection and, um, yeah, that, that was, that was such a tough scene. I felt so awful for him, but I, the end was so bittersweet too. I just loved, I just loved that ending. And I, and yeah. I immediately wondered like, would he be able to go back to drumming in any way? Um, you know, is, is depending on the hearing, can, if he puts the implant in, could he enjoy drumming or how annoying would a drum sound? I can't imagine what a cymbal would sound like if everyday sounds are that high pitched. It's now been ruined in a, in a sense, mm. you know, that, um, I, I know I had seen a story about a girl who was deaf, but actually she lost her hearing midway through, um, a college where she was going for music. And she still mm. proceeded because she learned how to play through vibration. And since she had been hearing most of her life, right. she was able to sort of right. Right. work that out. Um, and she still was able to play, which was so fascinating because she did every, she sat, would she play barefoot so that she could feel everything and she knew what was coming in. And um, I, I, I almost wanted like a sequel to this and I never say I that, <laughs> but I almost was like, where does Ruben go? Like what is. Yeah. 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 Well, I've heard that a million times. I swear people. Yeah. Cause it is not a Hollywood ending. It's no. more of like a, as a European feel, fortunately for all of us who who like film, because that th- the film, I th- the, the ending's great. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm glad that it's getting the recognition it deserves because uh, hopefully it can show like I don't know, man. Like I, <laughs> the Hollywood system just drives me nuts because you, films like this come out and they do so well, and you know they had a, you, I'm sure there was a small budget comparatively, and 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 it did so well, but then. They, you know, producers or whoever the powers that be are going to continue to make Hollywood endings, even though movies like this do well. And there's a reason movies like this do well, you know, but people don't get it. I don't understand. Exactly. Well, maybe it just takes a little bit of educating or putting that into the taste system of mm-hmm. the people have and say, here, now, you know, I know you like a Hollywood ending. That's great. But here's here's something a little more cerebral. Like, I think it's a good thing that you're talking about how you felt. What if this? What if that? What? That's mm-hmm. that's what movies should do. Make yeah. you um, uh, stretch, um, yeah. uh, expand your awareness to think about other things. Think about the other. I love that saying about the other, you know, that's not like you. Deaf people, blind people, mm-hmm. the other. People that use, they're on the spectrum. People that use wheelchairs. The other that you don't want to be part of. That mm-hmm. Oh my God, I might catch that. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. I was a kid, I, I had this feeling of introducing my parents to other to adults or dealing with a parent-teacher conference. I thought, well, you think you're going to catch this from my mom and dad? Yeah. You can't catch it. Why yeah. are you afraid of it? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's just, I, I like, uh, I, I want I want that to be a thing where people just think of the other. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. be more kind to people that are not like ourselves. Oh, good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> I don't know why you're bringing all that optimism over here. Yeah. There's no, no space hell, for that, sir. No, Empathy. Well, you guys is... are in New York, so you're excused. <laughs> I think before we wrap up also, I just kind of wanted to um, 
sort of talk about what what it's like on the opposite end of that, right? I mean, because to someone who's deaf, we we are the other, mm. right? The that's the we enemy. don't we you know that that's that's what they know. So we're the ones who don't understand something because we actually don't understand ASL, and so you know it's like you don't speak my language just as much as I don't speak yours. It's it's you know it's a even playing field there, but. Um, growing up, being the only person in the household who can hear, that's got to be really difficult for a child because you must have to, you have to interpret everything for your parents. I mean, if uh, someone comes to the door, if the Census Bureau shows up at the door, your parents have no idea what's going on. If something's going on with a bill or if the lights get shut off, and that's your responsibility to sort of be a parent to them in a way. Absolutely. I was on the phone, specifically on the phone, asking the gas company not to turn the gas off because my mom's told me it's coming we'll, we'll, we'll get it in next week or you know negotiating with the hearing man with, for the mortgage right. negotiating with somebody to pay the rent for the chicago club or the deaf and you know here's this man telling me don't interpret this for your dad it's just between you and me so how long has your dad been deaf i'm like dude you know uh I, i'm gonna interpret everything for my father right yeah. that attitude my father hated hearing people and so as a little boy, so did I. Yeah. That's why I, that's why I say to you, uh, I'm not really, I'm not deaf, but I'm not hearing. Yeah. I was brought up with deaf parents that were made fun of, that were thought less of. Uh, you know, my, listen, I grew up in Chicago, very racist city. Mm. Are you feeling me? Mm -hmm. Very divided city. Mm. And my, my grandfather used to throw that N-word around all the time. And so uh, my mother lip read me one time and I used it in a sentence as a boy. My mother slapped me across the face because, you know, that's yeah. what you did in those days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. I said, what happened? She goes, don't use that word because it means less than. That's what I am. If you want to call somebody an N, call me that because that's what people think I am. I'm less than. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was, that was one of these defining moments of my little boyhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Life. I learned about about uh, the other very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Especially back then. I mean, now, I mean, it's not like it's amazing now by any stretch, but back then, things yes. are only worse, right. you know. Yeah. And It was in the 50s. Yeah. And, the, you know, color wasn't even invented then. We lived in black and white in those days. Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Both uh, both in television and social and economics. Social economics. And social economics. That's, that's my meaning. Yeah. <laughs> and psychologically. Oh my yeah. god. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Can we all? Can we all wake up? I don't. Yeah, a nightmare. Dude, I mean, we insane. haven't we haven't moved very far. That's the problem. I think, unfortunately, is yeah, we we're watch, having this conversation in 2021, and I'm like, yeah. God, not look, enough has changed, really, when you think about it. Look where we are. I. It's 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 disgusting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She watches a lot of documentaries, and I'll catch them from time to time. And um, it's just astounding when you watch a documentary from the '80s about whatever it is, racism or the police force. Um, you know how. Um, I'm not disparaging all police, obviously, but you know the the, the inner workings of of any you know organization like that, even big money, you know all that stuff. Mm. It's all it's all the mm. same. It's all cyclical. You know, you you go through a period where you think things are becoming better, and then everyone's like, okay, things are better now. It calms down, and then we're right back where we yeah. started. Um, exactly. Yeah. Which is what I'm saying about about uh, using deaf actors in movies. There's been times along the history over the past 40, 50 years where 
a death roll happens. We're, okay, let's start. Yeah, blah, blah. And then somebody drops the ball and they forget all about it. And all yeah. down. Now sound the middle. Oh, blah, 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 death. Blah, blah, blah. And then, so we can't drop the ball now. I got the ball in my hand. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get over the goal line. I got to get some more awareness uh, happening and consciousness. The consciousness has to expand. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've said this before to to be more inclusive. Yeah. And not exclusive. Yeah. yeah. Inclusive. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, it's tough, man, because everything is so, especially in, in the movie industry, you know, in society, that's a whole other battle. Oh, my God, that is a battle. But, you know, dealing with – and I, but I think a lot of that battle comes from movie and TV Media. because that's very yeah. influential in, in how we see the world. You know, we go to the movies, we watch t- television shows, and I think that could be a, a nice big stepping stone to, to you know, uh, inclusivity just in general, you know, um, which is why it's important. And so – you know, yes, if you look at the population of the country or the world and then you, you figure out how many people are deaf and how many people aren't, well, if you're representing a film, not many films are going to have deaf people just based on the numbers. But then once you start in being inclusive of that, then when that happens, it's not so strange. You know what I mean? Because it's being more – it's being more – and so technically it's being more representative of the – of the society, but then it's, it's, it's allowing that to come to the surface more yeah, because you're going to have a lot of people probably, probably like yeah. your parents that just didn't want to go out because they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. We want to normalize the experience of the other. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you don't want to inundate the screen with it because then, because that would be ridiculous, but you're right about the numbers, but we do want to make it less of a uh anomaly we it's it's just normalized yeah, yeah. deaf yeah. people exist yeah it's tough in all because realms of life it's yeah. tough because i always <laughs> i always equate it to people that are vegan you know because um <laughs> they they're always they're never afraid to tell you they're vegan um and they you know they're very boisterous and i appreciate that but at <laughs> but at, 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 at a certain level enough no. <laughs> at a certain level being beaten over the head with anything can have the the adverse effect of it you know it's just Unfortunately, yeah. it's unfortunate, obviously, but you know, um, I think there's a very kind of, it's a very kind it's of tricky just like thing. Making it just normal. I don't. I wouldn't know how to just normalize it. Like when I think of um, growing up, I can only name one deaf actor. I, I think it was Marley Maitland. Yeah, Marley, Marley yeah. Maitland. Like that's the when someone says, "Can you name a de- like a, a or can you think of a deaf?" Oh yeah, that that lady. I've seen her on Sesame Street. I would see her on certain things, you know, but. Funny, I shouldn't funny be story, able to, to I did easily background name work that on a show of on an episode of Law and Order with her. Oh, did you? Yeah, look at that <laughs> small world. Yeah. But I shouldn't be able to name that actress so easily. Is my point that when you say, "Can you think of right, a exactly. deaf actor?" I'm like, "Yeah, that one lady that I saw yeah. growing up in the '80s and '90s," or you know, yeah. because that's the only example that you really had. And I and feel... and then that that person becomes the um, because this happens with this this happened with female directors too. It's like, well, we let a female uh, yeah. director direct once and look how it turned out, not well. So then that becomes representative of, of every, everything. So if you have mm-hmm. a deaf person on set and for whatever reason it's it there's a, an issue, well then now we can't have any deaf people because look at the issue it brings. And it's like, well, I mean, that's not but, that's then, not how anything works, really. I think there's also the it's it's both sides of of uh, of that coin, right? Where you don't you don't include somebody and then there's that oversensitive and sensitivity of like well we can't make the villain a deaf person 
because that's going to be mean. Well, why the hell not? <laughs> like, I'm sure there's mean deaf people out there, you know, there's, there's mean everybody out there. So why couldn't a villain be deaf or, you know, well, I, think in a I feel like they world, sort of they save, can, they save those characters for like, well, if they're deaf, well, we have to make them very sweet and demure. And well, maybe they're just violent people, you know, that's <laughs> just, you yeah. get that in everything. Oh, I think that's tricky too, because it's like, because they're so under underrepresented, whatever whatever the case is, women or people that are deaf or people that are blind, like if if somebody's if if there's any kind of sector, for lack of a better word, that's like underrepresented. If you make a point to make that evil in yeah, any I way, then you know saying, what I mean. But, like it's but it's, you know, it's kind I, of tricky. But I, I understand. Be, the I could be totally wrong here. I think that most people that would have that problem are not people in the deaf community. I think people in deaf community probably would yeah. likely be like. Fuck yeah! You know the villain in this Marvel movie is deaf. Right, but you know, like yeah, why but, not? But it's, but it's it's when those movies are like they're angry and evil because they're deaf. Uh, yeah, you know, they I, lost their hearing. Now they hate the I world, like so they're going to destroy. That's, you know, that's like all that's media, stuff. and yeah, that's yeah. you know, people that just they they have to find something to bitch about because there's always somebody yeah. to bitch about something, and always has a problem with it. But um, look, spoiler alert: Captain America is a black guy now, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. you're going to have people that have a problem with everything. But I think from my experience, uh, I've only known a few deaf people in my life. And 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 my experience has always been that, yeah, we we just want to feel like we're part of this community, flaws well, and all. We're not perfect mm -hmm. because we're deaf. We just happen to be deaf. And mm -hmm. um, uh, my, my, my sister's uncle was deaf when I was a kid. And I remember being just so fascinated with him because he had such a great personality, even though we couldn't have a verbal conversation with one another. He was so expressive. And uh, I always loved hanging out with him because he was funny. And you would think, well, how do you communicate? Because I didn't, we didn't know ASL. And actually no one in the family did. We just found ways to communicate with him. Um, but I just remember him being so silly. And so, you know, and I think you don't see that. You, It's sort of reserved um, you you reserve things depending on on what this person experiences in their their day to day life. If somebody's in a wheelchair, then they're often given given these very victimized characters. Whereas mm. maybe this person's just a jerk, you know, who happens to be in a wheelchair. And I'm sure, obviously, that that exists. So mm -hmm. why wouldn't we portray that in film if you're being realistic? Yeah. Um, and, and so like, that's, that's exactly. kind of yeah. And and also, exactly. if getting like there was, a, I, and I've seen some cases where this wasn't the case, which was great. But the case of like, if somebody is in a wheelchair or deaf or blind, that becomes their thing in the film. They don't yeah. happen to be that way. Right. That it becomes a point of focus, versus it just being a character attribute, just like what color hair they we have. We talk about this in European yeah. shows a lot. That we've yeah we've been watching shows and then. I'm watching it with an American brain, I admit, and thinking, why is this character missing a hand? Because they haven't touched they haven't on the plot. It. They haven't addressed this yet. Why is this character missing a hand? And then I'm like, oh, it's irrelevant. Yeah. The character just happens to be missing a hand the way somebody might be missing a hand in real life. And that actor just was missing a hand. And then I'm immediately back in the story. And I think that that's where an Amer American audience audiences would struggle because we'd want to find the relevance in that. Mm -hmm. Why is this person missing two fingers on their left hand or why are they missing an eye? Because they just freaking are. You know? <laughs> and that's, that's just kind of what happens. So, um, 
I I really I really just uh, we're gonna we're gonna take the system down from the inside. Well, no, I I <laughs> you know we we make our own films. We have micro budgets that we we basically pay for all of our films and stuff. And um, I I have I have down. several uh, scripts that if we ever do get to you know make these films, um, I've said I, I'm not budging. I don't care how hard it is to find this actor is deaf. And I'm finding a deaf actor to play this part. It just doesn't make sense. Um, I would think also, it, it, I don't know, it just seems harder to me. It seems like more work to find an actor who can hear, who now has to play deaf versus just right. learning how to communicate with a deaf actor. Like, right. it, it, yeah, it, it may cost more, but... If I if if we have to sit here with a dry erase board and do this, and the actor's willing to do that to for us to work together, then let's just do that, and give yeah, pay for the camp, uh, couple give extra little, days because then you know yeah, the, the production of, takes a little longer. Yeah. Okay, fine, but I'm going to get that authenticity that I'm I'm probably not going to be able to get off of an actor as as easily, and so mm -hmm. you know I just. Um, you know, I just I hope that we see a continuance of this. And I see what you're saying, like, yeah, you know, we're in this now because the film did so well. But how will this carry on and will it carry on? Right. And um, right. is Hollywood going to do the like, look, we gave you a deaf movie this right. decade. Right. OK, we'll see you again in 10 years when it becomes a problem again. It's like, no, we want to keep that going. It's mm -hmm. not just the one deaf movie that came out in the yeah. 2020s. Um, yeah. Yeah. God, I hope so. It, it would be nice to see. I don't know if we're actually going to get that, but I feel like this film is, is it's a step. It's a step forward. Yep. It's an opening. It's, it's, yeah. it's, so it's, it's an opportunity. So we're going to have to jump yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on and thoroughly enjoyed this film. We told everybody to watch it when we first reviewed yeah. it. We're going to say it again. It's really amazing. And, uh, are are you are you working on anything else? Any? I've got uh, a couple of irons, uh, a couple of irons in the fire, as they say. Nice. Uh, for May and June, yeah, I've, I'm, I've got something coming up. I can't talk about it right now, but I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> are you are you working on anything? I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on, Paul. You guys are an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So that was Paul. Another Paul. Yeah. Um, we forgot to mention his band. Yeah. So he has an ASL Black Sabbath tribute band called Hands of Doom. So you can go online and yeah. I think there's like some YouTube so videos. Cool. And so he go, they go through the show while he's performing and then doing ASL through the whole mm -hmm. thing, which is really cool. And I, I did want to um, talk to him about it. I totally forgot. I realized when we hung up, I was like, damn it. Yeah. Um, so I did want to mention that as well. And uh, yeah, so look, you already know that we love this film. It's just <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I would watch this film again. And I don't say that very often. Even films yeah. that I love, sometimes I'm like, all right, I've seen it. one of those films it. that, yeah, you could just put on. Yeah, I could have that film on and I would, you it's know. going to join the ranks of, uh, what is it, like Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. Yeah. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, those are all movies that like when they're on, yeah, I've seen them a gajillion times that I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're still going through the award shows and stuff. It's been doing pretty really good well, and getting yeah. recognition and I'm, I'm glad for that. Uh, so, um, we're also Tired. entering, 
I am tired. <laughs> when am I never? When am I? I'm never not tired. Yeah. Um, we're also entering the season of lawnmowers. It's the season of the lawnmower. Now yeah. that the weather's getting nice, we lucked out today. But right before we were recording, our our neighbor was yeah, like, but I- you know. Let's let's do this. I know it doesn't bother you as much, but it, it it's not that it does bother me. It, it, it irks me. A lot of people have said to me that they can't even hear them. Last I know, but I can't season, I can't get year. through like an episode when I'm hearing. Yeah, but <laughs> it doesn't like, come through. Is my point. Yeah, no, but it, it bugs me, sir. Well, nobody cares. <laughs> Just care about our listeners. So thank you for that. You're welcome. All Love right. you. Um. So shout out MoGraph. <laughs> shout out to MoGraph. And uh, I don't know what's going on next week. I have no idea what's going on. Um, yeah. We definitely we'll, have a guest lined up. We have two guests lined up soon. in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But uh, we also have reviews and stuff that um, – things that we're going to watch. Um, yeah. Some things we did watch, unfortunately. Are we talking about that? Are we going to bring that up? No. On an, okay, I'll so, talk about how bad it was, but that's about it. Okay. So I was like, please get... don't make me talk about that for an entire episode. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I can't do it. Um. Yeah. And if you want to know what we're talking about, you have to tune in. That's what they call a tease in. in the business. Yes, I yes. A tease. Brilliant. Thanks. Um, so again, if you haven't seen it, watch The Sound of Metal. We will have the links to it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing film. And if you have a short or a feature or any indie something that you want you us to go watch, ahead and send it to us. Send it to us. Um, you can email us. Our our e our page was kind of wonky. So I've said before, just come through Instagram. You'll most likely reach me. That's I I'm contact most people through instagram yeah um so yeah yeah that's how it is that's how it is that's been the episode thank you to our guest and thank you for listening thank you we'll talk to you next week bye, bye.